good to be here. As Christian said, it's our second, second visit uh, to Arena and our first visit on Valentine's Day. That was my special Valentine's present to Eleni, a, a weekend in Derbyshire. And uh, so we had a great time. Uh, for those of you that were around, we, we got to experience Ilkeston in the morning, Mansfield in the evening, and just thoroughly enjoyed it and felt so welcomed. And, and so I want to thank you to, to all of you uh, for making us feel so welcome today as well, uh, especially to, to Christian and Caroline and family. Um, you know, we really feel almost a, a connection with them like family. And, and it's so important because it's not just about, a pastor is not just about platform ministry, being anointed and being able to deliver the word of God. That's important and, and, and Christian has that, but there's, there's an authenticity about it when you spend time with their family. And even our boys um, have just felt absolutely at home. No crying, no tears. They're just there in children's church enjoying themselves. So thank you so much for, for, um, for inviting us here. It's a privilege also to, to be able to minister the Word of God uh, to you today. And that's one of my passions. That's one of the things that I believe God has, has called me to do. And so that's one of the things I enjoy doing most of all. With, um, as, as part of an introduction, I suppose, maybe Christian touched on it, the fact that I'm from South Africa, my wife is from Brazil, and, and I wanted maybe just to share a little bit of our story as well, because not just kind of self, uh, drawing attention to self, but really because I do feel that it links in to what God has laid on my heart to speak to you today. From South Africa, I was called in my early 20s, um, 15 years ago. And, um, and, and God reluctantly, he called me to, 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 to pastor. He called me to the local church. And, and I was very reluctant in that. My father was a missionary. My, my, my parents were missionaries to, to Namibia, a place next to South Africa. And, and being a missionary kid, it was number one on my agenda that that was the last thing I was going to do was, was come into ministry and, and be in full-time Christian service. But God called me. And and, you know, God's purposes are amazing. His purposes are amazing. And, and within a few months of each other, Alini was in Brazil and, and had, had quite dramatically turned her life over to Christ. And within a few months of each other, we, we arrived in Boca Raton, Florida, and, and just close to Miami. And, and God sent us from two different parts of the world. And, and we arrived there. We met there. We fell in love there. And and isn't it amazing how God can have purpose, He can have plans, and He can have two people called from two different parts of the world that just so perfectly connect. And so we, every time we think of that, we are just in awe of God how He can put these things together, put pieces of puzzles together that we could never do on our own strength. And, um, and so 13 years ago, this next month, we, we were married. Um, in Boca Raton, Florida. I mean, come on. That, that's as close as you can get to heaven, uh, this side of eternity. So it, it seemed like everything was going so well. We were going through Bible college at the time, very much pursuing the call that God had placed on our lives and getting ready to marry. Parents and family started arriving for our wedding. And the week before we got married, my boss called me into the office and he said, Stephen, I've got some news back from the lawyer. I was, I was doing a visa extension, and he said, Stephen, it's been declined. And there's really no point in appealing it. It's, it's just something that we're not going to be able to do. That's the end of the road, I'm afraid. And a week before getting married, 
you finding out that you're going to be jobless and probably have to leave the country. And what is going to happen, Lord? It seemed like everything was going just so well. We were plugged into a wonderful church and, and God had called us with purpose and we, we thought we saw the way things are going to go, but it didn't quite go like that. And, and I'm going to spare you the details, but God took us on a journey that left the, the United States. We went to Brazil, spent 18 months there, and, and then 11 years ago found ourselves in Scotland. <laughs> Apologies, are there any Scots in here? Any Scots? Scotland is lovely. We love Scotland. We love the people of Scotland. The weather, not so much. And so we, it, was, it was coming for very... We, my roots are in the UK. My, my grandfather's from the UK. And so coming back to roots in one sense, but also a little bit disillusioned of like, God, where are you taking us? And so for the last 11 years, we've been part of a wonderful church. It's just part of the Assemblies of God uh, called Harvest Christian Fellowship. And, and we've done everything in the church, literally everything from, from set up and tear down because we arrived when the church was only three years old and, and all the way through to Christian touched on it in recent times, uh, being pastor of the church as well. And so it took a little bit longer. It was that, that kind of that two, three-year plan that we had when we were married. And this is just two, three years, and we'll be in full-time service. We'll be filling, fulfilling God's purpose on our life to being a little bit longer. The kind of the, the roundabout route. But through everything, we, we sensed so much God's presence. So much God's God's. God's just ministering to us in that time, forming us, maturing us, and, and saying, I still have a purpose for you. And then, as it kind of almost came to fulfillment, Lord, we're, le- we're, we're leading a local church that we love, people that are like family to us. Then God said, look, but I want you to lay that down. And so, as of, it was a, it was a long process, but as of November last year, uh, Eleni and I, laid down the leadership of, of Harvest. They've got a wonderful new pastor in place and it's going great guns. But Alini was maybe a little bit more obedient and all of that and, and saw it almost straight away. But it took a little longer for me because I was wanting to hold on to that. God, I've waited so long. I almost felt a little bit like Abraham where he, he waited so long for his promise. And then suddenly God had said, but I want you to give that back. And, and so... But God reassured us in all of that. And I, I preached in our last service in November, I preached on, on Ephesians chapter 3 and, and really just felt that God was speaking so clearly to the church, but also to us about the fact that he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. And so the, the story's not over yet. Um, we're still believing that God is going to show us, that God is going to guide us, that he's going to, 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 to finish the story. But... One thing we do know is that God has purpose for our lives, and God's presence is with us no matter what we go through. And, and that really does lead into what I want to speak on today. I want to, I want to speak on, on those two words, purpose and presence, because it's me telling my story, but I'm sure many of you could tell your own stories, could tell about your story of, of finding God's purpose, or maybe that's still in process and could tell stories about the presence of God reassuring and guiding you. 
But we want to look at the, the Word of God, not just at uh, Stephen and Alini's life. You'll be glad to know. And so we're going to look at, at uh, some verses in Jeremiah. For those of you familiar with Jeremiah, he was a, a, a young man. He was called as a prophet uh, to, the, to the nation of Israel. He, he, he was initially called in the, in the time of King Josiah, who was a good king, and uh, very much following the right path. But he also ministered through some very hard times. He ministered some very hard words, some very tough words. But you'll be glad to know that this is a message of encouragement today. I'm not bringing a message of rebuke, but I'm re- bringing a message of encouragement today from the life of Jeremiah. And let's, let's read about Jeremiah's calling in, in chapter 1 of Jeremiah. Is this picking up? Better this way? Can you hear me okay? Is that better? So we're looking at chapter 1 of Jeremiah, and we're reading from verse 4, and it says this. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. It's talking about purpose for Jeremiah. I appointed you as a, as a prophet, prophet to the nations. And look at Jeremiah's response. He said, Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command me. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. Talking about the presence of God. And I will rescue you, declares the Lord. And we're going to pick up some other verses later on. How many of you know that all of us have purpose? All of us were created for a purpose. These words are speaking directly to Jeremiah, but could be speaking to each one of us as well. That God has formed each of us in our mother's womb with a purpose. It's not just about being a preacher. It's not just about being a prophet like Jeremiah. But God's called us with a whole variety of purposes and callings. Rick Warren is a man who is, is well-versed on the topic of purpose. And he's written, obviously, his, his very well-known book, Purpose Driven Life. And he said this. He said, regardless of your job or career, you're called to full-time Christian service. A non-serving Christian is a contradiction in terms. And so wherever we find ourselves, God has a purpose. You know, since I've laid down the pastorate of harvest since November... Much to my shame, God has brought so many opportunities, even more opportunities to speak truth into people's lives who don't know Jesus Christ than even when I was pastoring. Because sometimes when we were involved in the local church, we, we so used to ministering to people who, who love Jesus and we're encouraging them. But literally and supernaturally, no credit to myself, God has just brought people across my path. And it's just been a reminder about how Each of us carry the light. Each of us carry the calling of God, the purpose of God, into different places where we can't even reach. I don't know where you are today. You may be sitting here and even saying, well, I I don't know God. I don't know Jesus Christ. I'm just here by chance. I'm just seeking. Can I tell you, even if you don't know Jesus Christ, 
He knows you. Even if you don't know him, it doesn't mean he didn't form you in your mother's womb. He still formed you. He still designed you. He still has a purpose for you. And oftentimes it's those very things that you're trying to figure out in your life that coming to our great designer, our great maker, can be the solution for you to find that purpose, to begin to understand why you're here. But I also know that there's some of us that are Christians that, that maybe are, 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 are committed to Jesus Christ. We're living for him to a certain degree, but we haven't really ever found our purpose. I believe you can live an aimless life and still be a Christian. There's plenty of people that I know who, who could, could fit into that, and myself lived that way for many years. But God wants you to bear fruit, and he wants you to find your purpose. And I can't speak individually into all of your lives, but, you know, we can certainly start by, by knowing the fact that, that, that God said to us, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And in some way, that links into all of our purposes, doesn't it? What part are you playing in that wonderful command, that wonderful commission for the local church? Are you doing your part? And so my encouragement for you, if you don't, haven't found your purpose, would be to take the steps. Christian said, take the first steps towards finding your purpose. But I also know that some of us, and I've been here as well, is that we feel like we've got a purpose. Like God has revealed that to us, but we're feeling very inadequate. Similar to Jeremiah. He said, I'm just a youth. What can I do? But I'm so grateful that God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. That God chose the weak things of the world. Can I say as a man who might get in trouble for this, but as a man who's, whose wife asked him out on a first date, we all have our weaknesses. And this is the 21st century anyway, isn't it? But as a man who's timid by nature, who's, who's, who, who couldn't even pluck up the courage, that I'm so glad God chose to use the foolish and the weak things. Can I hear an amen to that? God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And so if you're feeling inadequate, if you're feeling like Jeremiah today, well, <laughs> there's good news for you. Because God still has a purpose for you, even if you're feeling weak. But let's read on in verse 18 of chapter 1. We're skipping down a few verses and listen to what was said to Jeremiah. He said this, God, Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you, presence, and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Notice the symbolism. It's a fortified city, implying that there is going to be conflict. We're not called to... It's, it's a fortified city. It's not a Jamaican beach resort implying that it's not just I'm saved and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy the ride. 
it implies that there's going to be war, there's going to be attack, there's going to be difficulty. But God has made us a fortified city. He's made us an iron pillar, a bronze wall. He will, just as he gave Jeremiah the strength, just as his presence empowered him, his presence can empower us. So if you're just starting out your journey, can I encourage you that God does have a purpose? That God does provide his presence to back up his purpose? That he does empower, that he does strengthen? It's not that we have purpose without power. Because when Jesus told the disciples, he said, wait, you've got purpose already. I've given you purpose. But he said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. My presence, even though Jesus was leaving, he sent the Holy Spirit to provide that power and that presence to fulfill the purpose. But equally so, we don't want to be so caught up in in the presence of God that we just want to enjoy it and never really do anything with it. Purpose and presence. But let's skip on to, to verses to chapter 20, and I just want to dig in a little bit into, into a, a part of, of Jeremiah's life. Fast forward really quite a few years at this stage. Jeremiah has been through a lot. In the early verses of, of, of Jeremiah 20, which we're not going to read, um, he has just been punished by Pasha, who's the priest at the time. He's been put in stocks, which in itself was a painful experience, but he was put in front of the city gate. The, one of the most humiliating things for a man who's a prophet speaking to the nation. Put as, a, and as, object, as an object of scorn in front of the city gates. Jeremiah had had some hard times just for speaking the truth. Just for carrying out his purpose that God had called him to. And, you know, my, my message today is not one to get you depressed. But I do want to tell you that if we are called to serve God, that there's some amazing times. But there's also some tough times. There's some times where we think, what on earth is going on? God, where is your purpose? God, why are these attacks coming against me? Why is this sickness? Why is this discouragement, God? Help me, Lord. And and listen to what Jeremiah says. He says, you deceived me. Verse 7 of chapter 20. He said, you deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and prevailed. It's like, God, I didn't want to do it in the first place, but you, you convinced me to do it, Lord. And now look what's happened. He says, I'm ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out proclaiming violence and destruction. It was the, the message that he was of repentance that he was bringing to, to the nation, prophesying that things were going to happen if they didn't turn to God, that some, some really... Hard things were going to happen, violence, destruction. And he said, so the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. This is his moment of giving up. This is his moment of thinking, God, I wanted to live for you. I had this purpose. I started out with great gusto, but God, it's just too much. And he's not the only prophet. He's not the only person in the Bible that goes through this moment. You can think of Elijah who said, God, I'm done. Take my life, Lord, he said. And I think we can all probably tell stories of times when we've come to that point. Alini and I have gone through many things. And, and in 2008, 
um, Alini was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. You know, in her 20s, we didn't have kids at this age and uh, at this stage. And, and, you know, you speak to the doctors and they say it's a life sentence. You're in the prime of your youth. And, well, she was anyway. And yet you've received this sentence. And, and we were at that point, God, forget this chasing after the purposes of God. We just want to fit into self-preservation mode. She lost movements in the left side of her body. She lost eye, sight in the, the one, one eye. And, and at that point, we're just like, God, we quit everything. We quit our ministry, our, our chasing after God's purposes. Lord, we just can't do it anymore. But God brought us through that. And, and, and you know, Christian said, Two beautiful boys, a little baby on the way, number three, and Alini is healthy and has been for the last six or seven years, and 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 glory to God, and no credit to ourselves, but but God's presence was with us through those times, and He said, "Don't give up on the purposes of God." And I want to encourage you that I don't I don't in any way tell that to say, "Oh, poor us," because. God has been so faithful, but I know that there's people here who have gone through the mill as well. And and Julie maybe kind of touched on that even, talking about purpose and saying that people are drifting. Maybe you've gone through a battle and a struggle and and you're just drifting. But listen, in verses 9, as I move to the end here, listen to what it says. This is what um, Jeremiah says. He says, But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. It was as if not holding back on his purpose. It was as if holding back on the reason why he was formed in his mother's womb was even worse than going through the, the tough times that he was going through because he knew there was calling. He knew that he was made to be a prophet to the nation. And holding it back was even worse. And I don't know if there's people that can resonate with that verse, but that for me has been a life verse in some times because there's been times where I've been running away and God said, He's spoken to me with that verse, and you know, there is a fire in my bones. There is a fire that I have a calling and I have a purpose, and so do you. You know, Eric Little, uh, uh, Little, he was a Scotsman, wasn't he? Famous Scotsman, Chariots of Fire. You guys know that movie. He said this, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I love that because it, it talks about not just preaching, not just being a prophet, not just upfront ministry positions, but God has created each of us with a purpose. And there's something sweet, and when we, when we go with that purpose, when we run with it, that there's a joy that comes with that. I remember when we went to Africa a few years ago. I'm okay for time. Yeah, still okay. I remember seeing a cheetah. Um, we, we saw two cheetahs in, in, in our time in Africa, and the first one we went to kind of a park, and it was fenced in, and and the cheetah, there was like a track around the fence where this cheetah was just 
going round and round and round. And I remember thinking, what a shame. The fastest of all animals, and it's just in that enclosure, and it's just going on that beaten track. And then we had the privilege of going to the Kruger Park and seeing a cheetah in the wild, and just the kind of the, the strolling over the plains of Africa, knowing that it can just go at any time. And that the purposes God created that cheetah for are not frustrated in any way. And, 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 and I thought it was just a perfect illustration of us with our calling, isn't it? It may have been safer in terms of food, in terms of provision, in terms of security within that cage. But even though out on the African plains there's no guarantee of food, there's no guarantee that you're going to survive attack from another predator, whatever it may be. But there's a freedom to run in your purpose. There's a freedom to do what God called you to do and not be boxed in by fear or whatever it may be. Freedom to fulfill our calling. And then the last verse is just Jeremiah 20, 11, and, and it said this again, but the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior talking about God's presence again. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will, fa- they will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. You see, we can't do it without the purpose of God for our lives, but also the presence of God with us. So whoever is listening to this today, I don't know where you are. As I touched, you may not be in relationship with Christ. He has a purpose for your life. You may be still discovering your purpose. I'm not going to give you three quick steps to discovering your purpose, but I do know that Growth Track is touching into that, not today, but in future times as well. So you've got a great church that's willing to let you find your purpose and help you to find your purpose. If you feel overwhelmed, well, be encouraged today that God is with you, that God will strengthen you, that He will not let you fall. But I really, as I was preparing for this message, I felt particularly strongly that there's some of you that have really been through the mill. Some of you that have had purpose, and you know what your purpose is. Some of you that have lived that and have done great things for God, but there's a time of discouragement. There's a time where it seems like things are coming against you. And I want to say to you today, don't let go of your purpose. Don't let go of God in these hard times. He's going to bring you through the other side because we're more than conquerors because we have one on our side who is greater than anything else that can come against us. He has called you. Isn't that wonderful? He has formed you in your mother's womb for a purpose that only you can fulfill. And so I'm going to call up Christian just maybe to, to, to tie up here at the end. But that's all I have to say. And I hope that's been an encouragement to you all. And bless you again. And thank you so much for the, the opportunity today. A great word that ministers right into our hearts and into the life of the church. I wonder if we just bow our heads for a moment. conviction of Stephen, if you just heard it at the end, that there was people who just feel like your purpose is being contested for. Some of you may have already, you know, just given up and let it go out of your hands. And the word of the Lord to you today is, pick it up again. For some of you just so discouraged, 
so discouraged. You heard the great example from Jeremiah. You can't do anything other, you know. It's people who do a lot of running. I realize in life people, many people are just running, running away. And I know that there's been times when I've been greatly discouraged and felt like just quitting and giving. If I can say this, giving up the ministry. But it's irresistible. I can't do anything other. And in your life, you know the sense of purpose that's on your life. and It's irresistible. You can't do anything other. It's how God made you. It's what God designed you to be. And in this attitude of prayer, you know who you are. Every eye is closed. This isn't a salvation appeal at this moment. This is predominantly for Christian people. If you say, I want to just respond to that word because I'm going to pick it up again and I'm going to run with a sense of purpose. I'm going to allow the word of the Lord to just lift me and stir my heart again. You respond to the Lord now by just raising your hand. Because in a moment I'm going to pray. Hands that are going up. Hands that are going up. There's more hands that I just know there's people who need to respond. Just lift them high. Don't be worried about the person next to you. Just lift them high. Great. Hands that are going up. Hands that are going. I'll give you another couple of seconds. Anybody else to respond? Yeah. Yeah. Father, we pray today for every hand that's been raised because they feel discouraged because they've let it go because things have just gone on top of them. Others that may have failed you now they feel they've missed they've missed it. Lord, your timely reminder to each and every one of us is that you have called us with purpose. You've designed us. And I just pray, Lord, today that people would just pick it up again and just, they would, they would live with a sense of purpose and they would do whatever's necessary to fulfill that purpose. Lord, that people would get plugged into a local church, that people would submit their dreams, their visions to a church, to this church. Lord, that they would see those dreams and visions that you've placed in their hearts come to pass. Lord, for you truly have designs over our lives, our plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. I pray today that people would feel strengthened, would feel encouraged in Jesus' name. While every eye is closed and head is bowed, you're saying, Christian, would you pray for me today because I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. The Bible's very clear. We've all missed it. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's best. But the Bible's very clear to say that God demonstrates His love for us. That whilst we were all still sinners, Christ died for us. And He made a way. He made a way for us to get back to God. He made a way for us to live that true sense of purpose. He made a way for us to live truly with peace and hope in our hearts, not dependent upon circumstances, not dependent on how much money we have or what car we drive or stuff, not dependent on those things, but a joy that nobody can take away. And if you haven't got that, sir, if you haven't got that, madam, this morning, I want to suggest you taking that step of faith. You might not see the whole staircase, but just take the first step to say, Jesus, I come to you. And I ask that you would just draw near to me and ask that you'd show me. 
and I receive this free gift of salvation. If that's you today, this morning, while every eye is closed and head is bowed, I want you to just lift your hand up where you are now. You say, Christian, would you pray for me? I want to receive this Jesus. I want to receive him into my heart. I want to receive him into my life. Thank you. Anybody else today? Anybody else today? Father, we thank you today for what you're doing in hearts. Thank you for what you're doing in this lady's heart. Lord, that she would know you. And others, Lord, who I know have responded in their hearts, that they would know you. They would really know you. And you would really know them. And that they would have that assurance you have forgiven them and that they belong to you. Lord, your word says that those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We confess our sins before you. You said you're faithful and just to forgive us. Those who are crying out to you from their hearts, they're sincere. Draw close to them, I pray. We give you praise for all that you're doing. We give you praise for lives that are being transformed. We give you praise for people's purposes that are being picked up. We give you praise that people are encouraged. We give you praise that people are being healed. We give you praise that people are being restored. We give you praise for people who are on the way to this church. We give you praise for prodigals that are returning. We give you praise, Jesus, for all that you're doing amongst us. We might not see in the visible, but in the invisible things are happening. And we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise for that son and daughter that's coming back to Jesus. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to worship God with a final song. If it's right in that way.